Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning. Everybody's still recovering from the digestion of turkey and stuffing for the last three days. I know we've been eating leftovers for a couple days at my house, and I'm ready to eat something else for dinner tonight, but it's been delicious while it lasted, so... For those of you that don't know me, my name is Brandon Keller. Uh, I've been a volunteer here at Stockbridge Community Church for about 12 years now. I uh, speak with our youth group for about the last four or five years. And so Pastor Jeff was nice enough to let me come speak to you today. Um, a fair warning, I'm not a pastor, so who knows what I might say. So if there's any angry mails, just send it to Jeff Dawes at SCC. So thank you very much for, uh, for being here today. If... Uh, if you're in town as a, as a guest of somebody because it's Thanksgiving weekend, and they're like, man, you got to come to our church. It's so great. You're going to love the pastor. Right now is where you look over and like, I have no idea what this guy's going to say. Just go and give him a warning now. Just get it out of the way. So anyway, I am here today to tell you about the secret of contentment. And the reason I wanted to give this message to you today is because this is something I personally struggle with. So I decided, you know what, if I work on this message for a month, getting ready, maybe God will work in my heart about this contentment thing so that I can kind of share it with you and it'll kind of overflow to you because it's definitely something I struggle with personally. So when you look at the dictionary, the dictionary defines contentment as this. It says, satisfied with what one is or has. So it's really about, you know, are you comfortable with where you're at and what you have? And I think a lot about contentment as the difference between what you need and what you want. Because I don't know if you know, but there's definitely a difference between a need and a want. And sometimes we get those confused, but that's what we're going to talk about today is the difference really between a need and a want and where we'll find that contentment at. So society and advertisements on TV or, you know, get better quick books and all this other podcasts and all that stuff are always about telling you you need more. Whatever you have, wherever you're at in life, is just not good enough. It's just, it's just not good enough. You're not, you're not skinny enough. You're not strong enough. You're not tall enough. You don't make enough money. Your family's not perfect enough. You don't have a great job, right? I mean, it's like everything about society just keeps telling you wherever you're at in life just isn't quite good enough. So you always feel like you have to do more and more and get more and, and just kind of keep building yourself up because society just tells us we're just not good enough with where we're at. So I wanted to share this story with you by the Russian author of Tolstoy. And he tells this story of this, of this man who gets this opportunity talking to this rich man that the rich man offers him this deal. And the deal is this. He says, for a thousand rubles, I will give you as much land as you can walk in a single day. And the guy goes... Okay, so what's the catch? He goes, this is the catch. 
You have to start walking when the sun goes up, and you have to return before the sun goes down, or you get no land, and I get all your money. So the guy goes, okay, that sounds like a great deal. So he meets the rich man out at the edge of the property the next morning, gives him his thousand rubles, and the guy goes, okay, you have to be back right here before sundown. So the sun comes up, and just as the sun hits the horizon, the guy takes off, and he's kind of doing a brisk walk, and he's kind of walking across the land, and it's this beautiful countryside of fields and streams and, and just, you know, wild animals and stuff, and he just keeps walking and walking, and he's walking faster and faster because he's so excited. Every time he comes over the next hill, he sees more and more, and he's just so excited about it, but soon he realizes he's been walking, and it's past midday, so he's walked for over half the day already, so he's like, well, I got to get back, but but I wonder what's over the next hill. So he goes over one more hill. Finally, he's like, okay, I got to turn around now. So he finally turns around and starts going back the other way. And he starts to realize he may not make it in time because he walked too far before he turned around. And so he kind of breaks into a little jog and he's kind of jogging and he starts to see the sun start to set. And he's like, oh no. So he breaks into a dead sprint and he's sprinting as hard as he, fast as he can. And he sees the man up ahead at the, at the finish line there and he sprints as the sun is setting and he dives across the finish line just as the sun sets and he makes it. Only to die from a heart attack from running for so long. And so that guy's servant pulls out a shovel, digs a hole, and buries the man right there. And the name of the story from Tolstoy is How Much Land Does a Man Need? And he wraps up the story saying, how much land does a man need? About six feet head to toe is about all a man really needs. So as we talk about contentment, we have to realize the difference between a need and a want. So I'm going to give you some secrets today about contentment. Number one on your outline is this. Contentment is not material things. And this is something I personally struggle a lot with. And let's face it, the world instills in us, you need more stuff to be happy. What every advertisement you've ever seen is all about, you need this product or this thing in order to be, this pill, right? If your life's not going well now, you can get a pill that's going to make everything better, except for the terrible side effects. But it's just going to make everything better, right? I don't know if anybody's ever watched like late night television, you're like, I didn't know I, I didn't know my life was incomplete unless I had that slicer for the kitchen. Man, that thing will make my life so much better if I just had that slicer or that sham wow. Think of all the things I could do if I had that, right? I mean, the advertising just teaches you you're not content until you have this product, this material thing. And so we get caught up in that material thing. And they make it so easy, right? You can get this product now for three easy payments over 90 days, only $14.99 a month, right? Whatever it is, you can get that stuff. And this is something I struggle with, but I usually end up buying bigger things that are more expensive. And so I had a friend over at the house not too long ago, and we were talking about cars because I'm kind of a car guy. I've always had nice cars and fixed up cars and had cars and magazines and all sorts of stuff. And so he asked me how many cars I've had, and, and my wife, Tawny, just kind of laughed and said, go ahead, Brandon, let's go through the list. And so I start going through the list because I don't remember. And so we're going through the list of every car I've had since I was 16. And I've had like 25 cars since I was 16, which is about one a year, really. And so 
I tend to burn through cars pretty fast, which is a pretty expensive investment. They say a car's the most expensive thing you'll buy besides a house that actually goes down in value every time you buy one. So I've spent a lot of money on cars because I was always searching for contentment through is, you know, no matter what I was driving, it's like, man, I love my Honda. Man, I wish I had a big truck. And then I get a big truck and it's like, gas prices are so expensive. I wish I had a Honda. And then it's like back to the Honda again. And so I just never felt like I was happy with whatever car I had. So I've just gone through about a car a year since I could drive. But this isn't like a new thing. We've always struggled with contentment and material things. And Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy on your outline and on the screen behind me. And Paul says this. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Kind of puts things into perspective. Pastor Jeff always uses the the saying about he's never seen a funeral procession with a U-Haul truck following behind it because you can't take it with you. All, the, all that stuff you're storing up, you can't take any of that with you. I met a lady on, after last service. She came up and said, you're right, I'm even moving to Florida. I can't take it all with me, right? She's like, I, I just can't take it all. And so we, we build up and, and store up all this stuff and we feel like if we have these material things, these earth, earthly possessions, our life will just be better, we'll be more content. But I've never heard of anybody like on their deathbed in the hospital like, please bring me my flat screen television. I just want to spend one more show with it, right? Nobody says that. Nobody, nobody's hugging their 401k statement on their deathbed like, I'm so glad I saved all this money that I'll never get to spend, right? So we have to be careful about that that need for those material things. Because what happens is we get distracted. Society tells us we need more money, we need more stuff, and we start looking across the yard and it's like, man, they got a big truck, I want a big truck. Man, they got, they got a nice TV at that house, I want a nice TV. Man, everybody's buying a new house, we should buy a new house. Right? You get this thing called envy of what other people have, their material things. And I don't know if you know it or not, but envy is actually a sin. And it's actually one of the big ten, like in the Ten Commandments, right after murder and killing, lying and stealing, is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's big screen television. I mean, it's in Exodus 20. It's all there. So if, if you're not familiar with the Ten Commandments, you can go to Exodus 20 in the Bible, see if there's anything else you're committing that you shouldn't be doing. But they're all there. So you have to be careful. This week, I did something I don't think I've ever done before. I don't remember ever doing it, and that is I went out on Black Friday. And there's a reason I've never done it, and I found out why. And the funny thing about Black Friday is it actually starts on Thursday now. You're going to need to change the naming eventually on this whole thing. It's going to be Black Thursday, but that, then we'll have to move Thanksgiving to Wednesday. It's going to get really confusing. But So I decided to do the most insane thing I've thought of in a long time, and that is to go to Walmart at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Anybody here been to Walmart? Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You're all guilty. Yep, and so me and my family, because I was just going to go by myself, because I'm like, there's this one thing I need. I'm going to walk in there. If they don't have it, I'm going to turn around and walk back. My wife's like, no, no, no. We should all go. It's going to be fun. I'm like, here we go. So we just like people watching as a family. It's just something we do. But so we go to Walmart, we all walk in there, and it is absolute pandemonium already. There's like women like 
grabbing vacuum cleaners out of people's hands. And like, literally, I saw this lady with like six vacuum cleaners. I'm like, how much carpet do you have at your house? But people are like just grabbing stuff. And then like everybody's waiting in these huge lines, but nobody knows what the line is for. So people are asking me, because I'm waiting in a line. And I'm like, I think this is the line. And then somebody's like, what line are you in? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, what line is that? I'm like, I think that's for PlayStations. Get in that line. They're like, but I'm supposed to get a TV. I'm like, well, the TV line's over there. I th I'm giving directions. I don't work there. But people are there like buying these huge big screen televisions because they're half off. I don't think anybody's giving those big screen televisions away to people, though. I have a feeling all those people are there buying those TVs for themselves. So it makes you wonder. It's like they've gone crazy to get themselves something. In the spirit of giving, I'm going to buy myself a television because I deserve it. So be careful of that. Paul continues this in 1 Timothy in, in, in 6, 10. He says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which we've heard if we've been in church very long. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So have you done something that you shouldn't have? Have you wandered from the faith because of the love of money? Have you compromised your values because of the love of money? And he goes on to talk about pierce themselves with many griefs. I know there's some grief that's happened because of my love of material things, and that grief shows up in a monthly statement called a credit card bill. And usually you have grief. When that, when that thing shows up, you're like, ooh, I'm not happy about that. My wife and I, um, in, our, in our ability to try to gather more and more stuff we didn't need, uh, we accumulated $43,000 in credit card debt, trying to buy everything we could possibly thought we needed. And we had $43,000 in debt, and we looked around our house, and we didn't have anything really nice. We're like, where'd all that money go? We just kind of wasted it. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but um, we actually took a class here at the church called Financial Peace University, uh, paid off our $43,000 in debt in 13 months, which was fantastic, and I'm never going back there again, but I have to be careful because my love of material things will guide me back into that hole if I'm not careful. And like I said, this isn't a new thing. This love of material items has been going on since the Bible. Jesus says it in Luke 12, and it goes like this. It says, then he, Jesus, said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So even then, people were obsessed with possessions. He goes on to tell the story of this guy that has this massive harvest. And what does he decide to do because he has a massive harvest? It won't all fit in his barn. So he's like, I'm going to tear down those barns and build bigger barns so I can keep all this stuff to myself. And the story goes with that is, okay, well, if your life is asked of you today, if today's the day you die, what are you going to do with all that, that harvest that you've stored up for yourself, that you've built bigger barns for? So this isn't a new problem, this storing up material things. We, we've always struggled with it, and I still struggle with it today. So there's a next step on your connection card that I want you to take with me today, because if you're, if you're walking with Christ, you've got to keep stepping, so here's a next step you can take, and that is, I will not let stuff have power over me. I will not let stuff have power over me. 
Because we have to be careful because trying to find contentment in stuff will have us chasing a false god of materialism and we'll be like just chasing stuff and not realizing that we've lost our way in trying to find contentment. So number two on your outline, another secret of contentment is this. Contentment is not an experience. It is not an experience. If you're looking for contentment, long-term contentment, a trip to the Virgin Islands is not going to give you that. Your perfect Disney World vacation with your family is not going to give you long-term contentment. Front row tickets to that concert for that band you've loved since you were in high school is not going to give you long-term contentment. Going to that raging party on New Year's Eve because all your friends are going to be there is not going to bring you long-term contentment. Getting that perfect job that you've always wanted while it feels good for a short amount of time isn't going to bring you long-term contentment. We have to be careful about chasing contentment through an experience. When I was in college, I lived in this little town called Reno, Nevada, and it's a 24-7 town. It's like a miniature Las Vegas. And so there with my college buddies every weekend, it was the same idea. It's like, drinks are free at the casino. Let's go to the casino. Thinking that's going to make me happy. That's going to make me content. But every Saturday morning when the sun came up, after I'd been out all night, I wasn't any happier. I was usually poorer and sicker than I was when the night started. It certainly didn't bring me any contentment. So be careful chasing contentment through these short-term experiences. We have to be careful of that because we think there's happiness in all these experiences and they're just, it's just not there. But society tells us we have to do this to be happy. And we've been brainwashed even as parents that we need to take our kids to every sporting event that they will sign up for or we can sign them up for, right? Soccer, baseball, track, and football, and t-ball, and gymnastics, and cheerleading, and swim team, and, you know, tumbling, whatever we can sign them up for. But I can tell you that dragging your kid to the ball field every Saturday morning is not going to lead them to a long-term contentment. In fact, maybe you're programming your kid that you can't be happy unless you're doing something. That's probably not a great programming to give your kids for the rest of their lives that now they're going to feel like if they're not doing something every Saturday, they're not happy. So we have to be careful about those experiences doing that. And just ask yourself, why are you doing all those things you're doing? What is the real reason behind why you're doing what you're doing? And if you say, well, I deserve it, then you probably need to go back and listen to Pastor Jeff's message last week about entitlement. And be careful you're not doing it because you feel like you deserve it because of entitlement. Paul warned us in Romans 12 about doing things just because that's what everybody else is doing. Because that's what it feels like we do a lot of times. Everybody's going to Disney World, so we should go to Disney World. And he says this in Romans 12 too. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And this is what I think of when I think of the experience and chasing that experience to find that contentment. 
I don't know if any of you remember or have dealt with this in your life, but playground bullies. This is usually how a playground bully works. Is they usually aren't as tough as they, they look or act, but, but they put on a good persona. And this is usually how it would go on the playground, is that a bully tells another kid, tell you what, if you cross this line right here, I'm going to pound you. And so you boldly step over the line that the bully drew on the sand, and the bully takes one step back and goes, no, no, I mean it this time, this line right here, if you cross this line right here, I'm going to get you. And take it, you take another step, and the bully backs up again, draws another line, no, 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 this line, if you step over this one, and that's what can happen to us if we try to chase contentment through an experience. We think we got it, we, we made it to Disney World, woo, this is awesome. Oh, I have to go back to work on Monday? And th- the line just keeps moving. Every time we think we've crossed that line, that bully of contentment experience just backs up and draws a new line. No, no, you got to do this now to be content. Nope, nope, you got to do this now to be content. It just keeps backing up, and we have to be so careful about that bully just continuing to draw a new line that we're just chasing and trying to step over that line every time. So let's talk about number three. The number three secret of contentment is this. Contentment is not in social relationships. Contentment is not in social relationships. I have some bad news for you. If you're friends with anybody or in a relationship with anybody, eventually they're going to disappoint you. Because we're not perfect, and therefore if you put all your hope in that friendship or that relationship, eventually you're going to get let down. You're not going to have long-term contentment there. Do me a favor real quick. Married people, can you guys raise your hand? If you don't have your hand up, it means you're single. Look around. I just pointed out all the other single people to you. You're welcome. (laughs) But if you're married, if you've been married for more than a few months, you probably already realize that your, your spouse isn't this pedestal of contentment. All your dreams and things haven't been answered because you got married. Now, yeah, your life may be better. I know mine is because of my wife. But I can't put her on this pedestal of contentment because eventually she's going to disappoint me. She's going to let me down because she's human. It's unfair to do that to her. So we have to be so careful about looking for contentment in relationships And that's one of the reasons that divorce rates are still 40 and 50% nowadays. Is that society tells us, oh, if you're not content in that relationship, just get a new relationship. Just dump the old, get a new new spouse. Or in fact, just don't even dump them, just cheat on them with with whoever you see next, right? Because it's all about the experience and that social relationship. But that's not where we're going to find long-term contentment. Just because your spouse doesn't do it for you anymore doesn't mean you should, you know, run off to the next best thing you can find. And even friendships are going to end badly. If you put all your stock and your contentment in a social friendship with somebody, eventually they're going to let you down. I don't know if anybody here has ever been hurt by a good friend, but I know I have. And in Psalms 41, it even says this in Psalms 41.9, even my best friend the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Yes, even after breaking a bread, your friend, even after you've had McDonald's lunch with them, they may still turn against you. 
But society and TV makes it look like we can find contentment in a relationship. If we could just find the bar where everybody knows our name, everything will be so much better. But it's not. Finding this a one-night fling, hooking up, having an affair, none of that is going to make your life better because it's a sin. And sin never leads to contentment. It's gotten to the point now in society where if you're not happy with the opposite sex, maybe you should try the same sex. But sin never leads to contentment. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality because there is no happiness and contentment in sin. So I've spent the last few minutes telling you what contentment isn't. Let me tell you what contentment is. Number four on your outline, contentment is faith in God. So do you truly have faith in God? I know we're in church, you're supposed to say yes, right? But let me ask you this. If you have faith in God, that God will provide exactly what you need to make you content, why do you keep pursuing more? Why do you pursue more? I have four questions I want to ask you, and they're going to pop up on the screen behind me. I just want you to think about this to yourself or jot it down on your bulletin somewhere if you, if you have an answer for it. Number one, what do you want most in life? What do you want most in life? What is that one thing that you want most in life? And does that show your faith in God? Number two, what do you think about the most? What's that one thing that's just always in your head, just going and going and going and going? What is that one thing? And is that one thing going to bring you contentment? If you get that one thing, if you can nail down that one thing that just keeps rolling over in your head, is that going to bring you long-term contentment? Number three, how do you spend your spare time how do you spend your spare time? And is that what's really important to you? On your deathbed, are you going to look back and be like, man, I'm glad I spent so much time on Facebook. I'm glad I binge-watched all that Netflix. I'm glad I sat in that tree stand by myself all winter. What is that thing that you spend all your spare time doing, and at the end of your days, is it really going to matter? Are you going to be happy that that's what you did? Is that truly bringing you contentment? And number four, how do you spend your money? That truly shows your faith in God. Are you storing up earthly treasures for yourself? Do you need to big, build bigger barns to store it all? Or are you finding people in need and meeting people's needs wherever they're at? Are you giving to the I Will initiative to help us expand this church so more people can have the same experience you're getting today? Does that truly show your faith in God? I've been talking about Paul a lot. Paul wrote a big portion of the New Testament, and he has such great wisdom, but he had a really hard life. He went from the highest of highs to kind of the lowest of lows and, and, and really kind of had a, a tough life. But Paul was trying to teach to the church in Philippi and he had been there and, and, and kind of 
mentored them, but then Paul had been imprisoned and, and, and maybe wrongfully imprisoned, depending on what side of history you're on. And he had been beaten and mocked and all this, and, and the church decided that they needed to send a gift to Paul to kind of restore his faith, to say thank you for everything he'd done for them. And so now today, today we'd probably call that a love offering. The church probably took up a love offering to send it to Paul. And Paul responds in Philippians 4.12, and he says this. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. It's pretty much what we're doing today. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. If you've been in church any amount of time, you've seen or used that last sentence. But it's funny we never use the beginning of that verse. All about the secret of contentment, whether in, in, in having many or, or being in want. What does that mean? And the reason Paul wrote this to the church is that he wanted to tell them thank you for sending this gift but honestly, he didn't need it. It didn't change his life because he had already discovered what he needed to have long-term contentment. And that was faith that God was going to provide for him every day, no matter what. So he says, thanks church. I appreciate it. I appreciate the sentiment, but just so you know, you didn't have to. I don't need it. It's not going to change my life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to struggle to find contentment. I know because for the first 30 years of my life, I didn't have a relationship with him. And I struggled with contentment by buying a car a year since. But you can make a decision today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He can bring you that long-term contentment that you've been looking for in material things, experiences, social relationships, he can change all that for you. So I have two next steps left on your card, if you pull out your connection card again. The next one was, I will seek contentment through faith in God. That's where true contentment really is. And the last one is, I will ask God to save me. Save you from yourself. Save you from this this need to try to gather up more and more stuff, to have an experience, to have a social relationship, to find that contentment that you're not going to find. So if you need to make that decision today, there's a prayer in your outline to become a Christ follower. And when I get ready to pray right now, you can just bow your head in your seat. Nobody's going to call you out. You can pray that prayer to yourself. And just check that box in your connection card so we can pray for you. Let's go ahead and go to Lord in prayer. God, thank you for this opportunity I've had to come and talk to these people about contentment. As we get ready to go into the holidays and just all the craziness that goes on with, with needing, having the feeling that we need to buy stuff for everybody, to buy stuff for ourselves, that we're not happy with where we're at, God, just let them remember that contentment is only found in faith in you that you can bring them that true contentment. 
God, I know there's somebody here today that needs to make that next step to make you the Lord of their life so they can stop searching for contentment and find it in you. God, I ask that they make that prayer today because it'll change their life just like it changed mine. God, thank you for this great church that I get to call home. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.